Welcome to Loosely Based. I'm Corey. I'm Dana. I'm Ben. Now let's talk that talk. (laughs) (laughs) We have a really special guest tonight. Her name is Courtney Cassell, and she one time had diarrhea in Barnes & Noble. <laughs> That's actually true. <laughs> Welcome. Wow, Poop Posse crew. I once yeah. had it in Models. <laughs> Murray Hill <Adam> Diner. <laughs> Wait, is this the whole episode? Oh. Courtney, if you were in a movie that was based on your true life, oh. and by if you were in it, I mean if it was about you, mm-hmm. who would play you and who would play your love interest? Ooh, that is a hard one, and I have definitely thought about it, because <laughs> I am a longtime fan. Yeah. Um, I've First listened, prepared mm, guest. I have had. listened to every single episode, um, and who would play me in a movie? Um, I get Sarah Silverman a lot, mm-hmm. like a young Sarah Silverman, but I would say in like vibe and who I would want to play me mm-hmm. That's is... Um, I think I'm going to say her name wrong, but Aaliyah Shawkat mm. from maybe mm-hmm. from Arrested yeah. Development and Search Party. Um, I I like it. Love thousand percent the vibe that she gives off. And your love interest? A little teaser for the episode. Um, a young Colin Andrew Firth. Wow. Ooh. Precious. That would be such an interesting, dark, like mysterious movie. <laughs> yes. Aaliyah Wait, Shawkat and Colin Firth. Yeah. Yeah, like somebody's getting murdered in that movie. Hundred <laughs> percent. Amazing. Well, a nice segue into Colin Firth because today we are discussing the King's Speech. My husband has seen everyone. Insert them into your mouth. Enunciate. He hasn't seen me. I can kill your husband, but I need total trust. What was your earliest memory? I'm not here to discuss personal matters. Well, why are you here, then? Because I bloody well stammer! But do you know any jokes? Timing isn't my strong suit. <laughs> your methods are unorthodox and controversial. No, 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 no. Up comes your royal highness. It's actually quite good fun. <laughs> For today, I will be your historian along the journey. I am the coveted celebrity liaison. I am your 2011 Oscars correspondent. <laughs> Very specific. Okay. Um, and I'm going to be your friendship expert. And that is based on years of being a friend and mm. having friends. Uh-huh. Yes. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. Cool. Um, <laughs> um, I guess like start generally what this movie means to you how many times you saw it how do you feel uh, me I guess like <laughs> I saw it in theaters I think when it came out and then maybe like once within that like year after like maybe twice but like that was it until like last week where I was like let's watch Um, I did see this movie in theaters when it came out And I just saw it again for the special purposes (laughs) of this delightful podcast. And I do remember going back to myself that like (laughs) when I was in high school and this came out, I was like, oh, this is my favorite movie. (laughs) Oh, wow. That's like a huge thing that you needed to add. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I know people, I liked it. I had a very different reaction the first time. Um, We, I watched it at home 
to like prepare for Oscar season with my family and I don't like period pieces. Ooh, and okay. also hmm. part of the reason I'm the Oscars correspondent is because there were an incredible amount of really good movies that came out this year. I was very mad mm. that the King's Speech won hmm. Best Picture. But when we watched it recently, I was like, this is a pretty good movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I've switched teams. I don't know if I love period. I don't really like period pieces either. Now I'm thinking about it. But this is a little exception. <laughs> Nor do I, but I wouldn't necessarily call this a period That's piece. What, yeah, I, I agree with that. I what think you, that the mean? history is recent enough that it feels a little bit more tangible than like a period piece where everybody's in like corsets and weird wigs. Um, mm-hmm. And also this is like a very classic um, history class kind of subject. And the royal family to me is a very relatable jk um but like very accessible kind of part of history so it didn't feel so much like a period piece um to me courtney is exceptionally good at history so and i'm not kidding like to me this felt very much like a period piece but i i didn't mind it I mean, I I guess it was in the sense that they had to like paint buildings and shit (laughs) (laughs) and like put extras in costumes. But um, I guess uh, when I saw it, I believe I also saw it in theaters because I think there was just so much hype about it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't usually do those kinds of things, but I feel like I definitely saw it in theaters and probably watched it on an airplane or two. We got a traveler with us. Ooh, <laughs> oh, she's been on an airplane. A humble brag. I'm so sorry. I love to watch really amazingly shot films on like a two inch screen, but I do remember seeing it being like, that's like a pretty well-made movie. Mm-hmm. My affinity was more towards the main lead of the movie and not necessarily the movie itself. Because you got a little con crush. Ooh, she got a big She's con a Firth crush. fan, con She's crush. She's a Firth fan. A Firther. What, what's his middle name? A Firther. Colin Andrew Firth. Um, oh. Calf. Calf. <laughs> He's also way older than I thought. He's like th- three years younger than my dad. He's 58. Yes, yeah, 58? 58. Damn. Damn, I just blew up Jack Cassell's spot. I'm sorry, Dad. Um, but yeah. 58. Good for him. Yeah. He's I really fire looking for a 58 year old. Is. I didn't want him to be closer to my dad than to potential suitors, but you know, age is a construct. He, he is married. He actually, this is a very fun story. Go for um, it. So if you've ever seen Love Actually, a classic rom com. What's that? You're human beings? Um, <laughs> He, the story that he has is not that far off from his actual love story. Mm. He did learn Italian, I think, with his wife is Italian, and he learned Italian, like, for their relationship. So he is a nice man. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Now back to the movie. Baby, <laughs> the King's Speech. Ready for it? It's all true. We're done. <laughs> Bye. Ring it's the bell. All true. Okay, it's not all okay, true. Okay, it's not even close. Um, okay, well, actually, um, I would say for the most part, the soul of it, true. Toss us a percentage right now. I would say maybe like 80%. And like the things that like when I was like reading were like, this isn't true. It was all like BC story stuff mm-hmm. where I'm like, I don't give a fuck. Like, it don't bother me. Which, granted, I ain't a history major and don't really care. But I would say like... You are the, the historian. The, <laughs> the heart of it, true. But 
Um, ask away what you think. What do you think is like, uh-uh, that can't be true. Was his brother such a fuckboy? That's what this is about. Younger brother trying to push elder brother off the throne. Positively medieval. Um, yes, he was, yeah, sure, a fuckboy. But <laughs> he wasn't mean, really mean towards uh, Albert or King George the sixth, the fifth. Birdie. Okay, we're going by nicknames. <laughs> uh, we didn't realize we were that. I think he's a six. Sorry, there's he is the six. That's yeah. why yeah. his there. dad is the fifth. It was a right, V, right? Right? Yeah. Um. So he's not mean. Did his brother marry? Want to marry a uh, an American woman? Yes. And like maybe didn't like care that much about like being king. Yeah, a little. And she was was she like divorced twice? Yes. Mm-hmm. Which is funny to now to think about because Meghan Markle was allowed to marry into the family and she isn't a divorced American just like Wallace Simpson. She's so. divorced? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Meghan Markie? Yeah. yeah. Cool. So go cats to that. She is breaking down barriers that Wallace Simpson couldn't. Yeah. It's very true. Yeah. I think that the, he was portrayed. I've heard that a lot of the characters in it were per- portrayed yeah. a little bit more antagonistic than yeah, they were in Yeah, to create a story. Life. But... um. I don't know. That guy, Guy Pierce, the actor, he kind of also has like resting dick face to me. I hate Guy Pierce and I don't know why. This was like a, uh, like in high school, I was like, oh, I hate that actor. Just like, mm. just there's a hate. There's no reason <laughs> mm-hmm. behind it. And like now when I watch this, I was like, oh, he's good. But I'm like, Mm-mm, I don't like Guy Pierce. And now I, maybe that's what adds to this. His face looks like it's chiseled out of stone. Yeah. And I find him handsome. Yeah, but we saw some bad pictures on Google Images last night, yeah. and you can't deny that. He, he doesn't He doesn't age perfectly. Sorry, Guy Pierce. Bye. I'm so happy you're listening, Bye, though. Pierce. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, regarding uh, King Edward, um, he he definitely wasn't mean, like, that mean to Bertie, but he... Yes, married Wallace Simpson and had to abdicate for that reason. Also, like they said in the movie, the king is like the head of the church. So that was a big thing. And and the church doesn't believe in divorce. But now they do. That's we so crazy. Think, I mean, like, because technically know. Prince Harry's not king and won't, most right. won't be. Um, oh, unless he murders that. all of Prince William's kids. King Wolf. Okay, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I look forward to that. He's movie. not He's yet. not coming king. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so that partially whatever. And that's like the main thing that like you'll see with all this is that like all the B characters, all the side stories are just like oomphed up for more of a story, Mm. but it's true. I feel like unless anyone else has specific things, we got to just go over the the main story. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, um, yes, he had a stutter, a stammer. And did he try like a bunch of... Who's to... Courtney, yes. I um, also read he had a stammer and he had a very nervous disposition. Oh. And also the thing about him having knock knees and having braces and um, uh, being having like stomach issues, all that was true. So he seems like just a very sad little boy who had, you know, mm. maybe like a digestive thing going on and wasn't... <laughs> same. Dying, I know, same, I think, for all of us. Uh, and then like content. all the articles love to point out, they're like... King George did have a stammer. Little boy at eight couldn't uh, pronounce his K's, which is king. And it's like, okay, cool. But that's like the one thing that they love to say is like, he couldn't say his K's. Okay. Anyways. So yes, he had a stammer. 
Um, that's that. The Wembley speech, true. That's what the movie opens up on of his giving a speech, nervous. That happened. Um, and then, yeah, I don't know how many, like, things he tried or whatever, but he ended up with uh, Lionel, Logue. Um, and I think he was, like, recommended by, like, someone in the, I don't know, like, the crown. Not, like, someone in the family, but, like, someone who they knew were like, oh, I recommend this person. So then does that mean the whole plot line of him being, like, not qualified or okay or good and then the archbishop trying to, like, hate him or whatever is a thing? I don't. I don't think he was technically a doctor. Mm. I don't know if there was drama with that, or am I, I wrong? In the movie, he said there, there's no nothing after my name. Yeah, like he never called himself a doctor, mm-hmm. but like I'm saying, like in real life, yes, he also wasn't okay. a doctor. Yes, but I don't know. But if it there probably was per wasn't se drama. Like this big archbishop yeah. situation, which is like my, I have a couple problems with the movie, but that's like one small one where it's like out of nowhere, the archbishop was like he's not a doctor. You must fire him. And they all get mad and like over like two minutes and then of 30 seconds later, they're like, okay, come back. We <laughs> need you. Very swift. Like, it was literally resolution. like, Oh, <laughs> and like, it was never hinted at at all for the audience being mm-hmm. like, Oh, Lionel's lying. He's like, ha- like he's a fraud. Like the music man, like, no, out of nowhere. It was like, you're not a doctor. I never said I was. <laughs> okay. Stay. I completely miss that scene. <laughs> and it was like summed up in about a minute 30. <laughs> Yeah. What are you going to say, Ben? Well, his actor storyline is like super played up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, he was also an actor. That is true yeah, about okay. Lionel. Um, but I'm, I feel like that leads into like. Of him lying. Yeah. Oh, that's a good film thesis. I was not paying attention <laughs> that much. That's I have Ben's a question about thesis. Lionel Logue in the movie. Was he speaking with an Australian accent? He was Australian. I know, but I was... Oh, no, I agree with you, Nana. I did. Lionel, you're the first ordinary Englishman, Australian, I've ever really spoken to. Jeffrey Rush is Australian, oh. though. Oh. So he was probably I, using So he was a natural act. <laughs> I agree. I had that reaction, too. I was like... He, I mean, it's not a, it's not a like, big Australian yeah. accent. But so. I think it's actually... I am a very big fan of the voice coaching in this movie, if there was. I know there was for Colin Firth. I don't know about Jeffrey Rush, Rush, but um, I thought that he's supposed to be playing an Australian who's been living in England for some time. So I thought that line was walked very well. Also, Jeffrey Rush is like an incredibly trained actor, according mm-hmm. to Wikipedia. So I... I'm sure he did the right thing. Yeah. I was just wondering if, like, he was supposed to have been, like, living in England or he, like, intentionally mm. didn't have an Australian accent or, like... I, I don't know if I got my questions answered, but I feel comfortable with Jeffrey Rush's performance. Okay, Guy Pierce, <laughs> <laughs> Jeffrey Rush, mmm! <laughs> which were the same opinions I had back in high school. <laughs> <laughs> I know that most, maybe, people are in this for Colin Firth, but I'm I'm definitely in this movie for... Jeffrey Rush. Oh, even. that's why I think it is one of my favorites. He's like one of my, I think, but like he's one of my favorite actors just because of like Captain Barbosa. Yeah, Which is exactly. like such a stupid oh. reason. Um, no, that was incredible acting. True. He didn't have the octopuses on his face. <laughs> <in real life. laughs> um, can I just add one little tidbit? You have so, so a lot of the information that I have, by the way, is from um, letters that. Uh, Lionel Logue's grandson discovered um, he inherited them when his father died. So Lionel Logue's son died. 
And he then put together a book of these correspondences between Lionel Logue and King Bertie. And um, one of like the earliest letters that they talked about, he said um, when Lionel Logue was kind of, uh, you know, getting a feel for the king before he was king, um, he said that he hated the microphone and had a lot of trauma from that Wembley uh, stadium thing. He said it was a terrible failure and a scar that has remained ever since. So I think that that was portrayed really well in mm-hmm. the sense that not only obviously his stammer was related to his confidence and, and social anxiety, but that was like a very, to me, that scene was very painful to watch. Yeah. Also, like, supposedly the stammer wasn't as bad. Like, obviously, that's, like, another thing that's just, like, emphasized, push more that, like, his stutter was worse. Like, he was fine and, like, he was improving. Like, he did meet with Lionel every day for, like, an hour. And he was, like, in two, three months, like, was giving speeches well and, like, hmm. was improving. What is the timeline in the movie? The timeline movie, I think, is technically the real timeline because it's like years kind it's it's made to look like oh it happens within a year really it's like the Wembley speech is 1927 or 26 and World War II King speech is 37 38 Mm. um so it is technically 10 years and I think like Lionel even left in between then like before he like after he became king whatever and they were but I know he was there for said King speech but there's plenty of time in between Mm. Yeah, they definitely condensed a lot. Um, Also, like, in total, their companionship and friendship lasted a quarter of a decade. Mm. So we'll get more into that later, maybe? Because they're friends for life. Wait, die. a quarter of a decade or a quarter of a century? 25 years. Quarter of a century. Century. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, quarter of a decade? That's not even the whole time that he he was treating him. (laughs) <laughs> so okay going back <laughs> they meet Lionel um, and he's working with Lionel and the thing with like the diaries and like the journal entries that like Dr. Lo- uh, Lionel Logue had um, that like this movie like was helped based off they don't know exactly what exercises they were doing that's like very made up like um, whether like the director or writers were like oh these are what actors do or like Colin Firth's is sister is like a vocal coach and she's like these are exercises like I do with like my patients or whatever feel the looseness of the jaw mother shorten the humming each time mother anyone who can shout vowels at an open window can learn to deliver a speech so those are all made up and then the idea is that like Jeffrey Rush wouldn't, like, Lionel probably was not rude to the king like that. He wasn't being like, "Uh uh-uh, we're friends, this is my castle. Like, no, there's, like, he's still a royal highness. Like, it has, there has to be an etiquette. And He wasn't, like, eccentric and, like... No, he wasn't that. He's definitely more respectful. I mean, he might be, yes, he definitely had eccentric ways and, like, was different than your average doctor. But he, no, it's... But more he, there in was treatment yeah. rather than like entire attitude. He was just more attitude. respectful. Yeah. Let's say. So. Spoiler alert: He didn't call him Birdie. Yeah. Only family oh. called him Birdie. Yeah, he called him like King, <laughs> Your Highness. Yeah. Now that there's such a like high high expectations for how true this is, every yeah. like little thing is so sad. <laughs> but it's like they were still best friends. They still were doing these meetings. 
Like he was like I but had I, a super close relationship to the king that not like a lot of people didn't have. But I do feel like it was such a thing. Like their equality yes. was like such a theme. Yeah. So I'm like it's kind yeah, of yeah, and there probably like, wasn't like cursing how they're like he wouldn't have. Oh, I loved that part. I know, me too. You don't stammer when you swear. No, bugger off. Is that the best you can do? Well, bloody bugger to you, you beastly bastard. Oh, a public school prig could do better than that. Do you know the F word? Fornication? Oh, Bertie. Fuck. Fuck! 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 Fucking fuck! Fuck! Fucking bugger! But that being said, yes. they did have a friendship that most people don't have with the royal family. And in a lot of their letters, they speak like friends and like equals. Yeah. So even though mm-hmm. there was still that kind of etiquette followed, I think it's not like entirely yeah. false yeah. in its and they ha- sentiment. And they mm-hmm. definitely have the humor between them. Um, because like the biggest thing that if like you're like, what's true about the King's speech? What comes up every time is like these letters and they're like, the big thing is like the last one of the last lines in the movie where he's like, you when he's doing the speech, and he's mm-hmm. like, you stuttered on the W and he's like, I had to put it in there so they knew it was me. Mm. Like as a joke, that's like a line directly pulled from that's the so di- one of their so letters. Cute. From a different speech though. Oops. It's from like a Christmas speech later, but um, he did say that and it was said that he had a very good sense of humor got it mm. what did the king's speech mean in like historical context it was, like what that was was just like saying like we're going to war mm. and it it's like regarded as such a humongous moment. no not really as in like probably no in- not all of those people were there Winston, like the big thing also where people are like historians are like, this is so wrong. Winston Churchill wasn't there. None of those like uh, head <laughs> officers were there. And then there was no crowd outside of Buckingham Palace to cheer him mm-hmm. on. Like it was just like a speech being like, we're going to war. Yes, that means that is definitely a big speech. No, it is not as big as the movie portrays yeah, it. I guess if I was really thinking about it, like that would have been one of my like flags of like, I don't think this happened. <laughs> yeah. Like the clapping, even in the movie, seemed like yes, kind of weird. weird. It wraps it up nicely, but it I think it does <laughs> seem weird. Yeah, no, it works. It works. But it also is like, these people are all trying to be so proper all the time. And then they're like... <laughs> I think it was bigger than like just any speech it was said like historically it did play a role in sort of the confidence in the nation in him especially as a leader during the war Mm -hmm. um and this speech was like after raids started popping up and so it it i think it was like i think it's one of those things that if you ask like our friend's grandma who was living in english england at this time if we asked her where she was, she would probably remember listening to this speech. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think if you said the King's speech before this movie came out, they would know what it was referring mm. to. Really? I think so. Just I'm- the King's speech? Or if if you were like, tell me... A, a, King George's Tell me George the Sixth's like, most famous speech. Yeah, I'm, I think it was his most famous speech just because I don't think he had that many other <laughs> famous speeches. No, yeah, I'm, no, I'm, sa- I'm saying... Would would someone know it from just saying the king's speech, or would or is it just that particular king's most famous speech? I think probably that particular king, but in that realm of history, like a declaration of war is kind of a big deal. Totally. Um, but no, it wasn't like um, you know, the speech of the decade. Sorry, the century. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, yeah. And like the speech, like when they show that close up of it, like with all its marks and hashes, like that's very accurate as in like Mark Logue found the speech in his grandfather's like, oh like statues and they just co- more or less copied and pasted it. The only thing is it's, so cool. uh, they cut some words from the speech to shorten it for the movie's sake, time wise. It's like a half Torah. <laughs> cool. That's my only, <laughs> right. That's my only reference to all those marks. Yeah. Now let's take a little break and hear from our sponsors. Friend of the week this week goes out to Archie. Archie is a beautiful Morky that through True North Rescue, a nonprofit organization set up to save abused, neglected, abandoned, and unwanted dogs, found a permanent home in Florida. We'll miss you in New York, Archie, but we know you'll thrive in Boga Raton. back to the show okay my other little bone to pick with this movie mm. where it's like i couldn't tell like where this comes in historical accuracy or not but yes my bone to pick Corey's bone to pick <laughs> is like no one recognizes the royal family yes i get it there's no social media there's not even that many pictures it's the early 1900s but the the former queen mother like uh prince albert albert's Bert wife helena bonacarter if i must um comes into Lionel's office and Lionel does not recognize her at all. And it's just like, what? Like she's <laughs> the royal family, but I understand that like pictures aren't really of a thing at that time. Also that happened at the beginning of the movie that he doesn't recognize her. But then by the end, when the wife sees her, she's like, <gasps> that's the thing. That was the thing. There are multiple people who don't recognize. And he's a prince of like the Duke of whatever York um, during this time. I have people no know idea. the royal family, but I guess not. But that annoyed me most. Where it was like, how do you like, especially like Lionel, who's like, so I feel like well versed in like the theater and all this, and like should recognize Helena Bonham for who she really is. And what if my husband were the Duke of York? Duke of York. Yes. The Duke of York. I thought the appointment was for Johnson. Forgive me, your Royal Highness. Royal Highness. Yeah, I would agree. That was kind of dumb. Like that was very, <laughs> yeah. that was very like was dumb. Oscar movie. I think there's a lot. You think? I mean, probably. <laughs> also, like to me, that kind of English that they speak is so proper that you wouldn't just be like, "Oh, this is Mr. and Mrs. Johnson walking off the street." Like I think that the mm. the royal family speaks such a proper. And like antiquated form of yeah. English that like in their accent that you would be like, oh, that's not like yeah. some guy with a stammer off the street. And then even with Lionel and Bertie like walking in the beautiful foggy park, I, th- I can't remember if it was right before after his brother abdicated or it's like right before. So he's in the news at this point and he's walking like by himself. Well, I'm like, if I were there, I'd be like. Uh, that's the royal family right there. No bodyguards. Like, can I go up to him? I understand. 2018, very different time. But like, still, I'm like, you're. There's too much freedom. I understand. Like, it made a beautiful scene. But it was really beautiful. I don't, I don't know if I'm allowed to have bones to pick. But oh my god! No, no, oh my right. god! Everyone just keep has... your bone to pick to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> um, I got a couple bones. Courtney's bone to pick. Thank you. That's truly the most special thing that's ever happened to me. <laughs> um. I just think that, among other things, like, I'm sure we'll get into this when 
you talk, Ben, but um, <laughs> this movie... In Can't an, wait to talk. <laughs> this movie is, like, so clearly an Oscar vehicle oh, yeah. to me, and there are a couple oh, points... Oh, it's baity as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, the most bait, and everything in the movie is, like, perfectly gray. I wrote down Fifty Shades of Gray, because, like, everything is so gray, but also beautiful. It's, like, restoration hardware catalog. <laughs> okay, they had multiple... If you scroll through my notes while watching this movie, it is... Mm, that wallpaper is so nice. <laughs> Lionel has another beautiful wall. 40 <laughs> minutes later in the movie, another wall? I know. Damn, the Loke family has nice wallpaper. Like, perfectly <laughs> spackled. I don't understand. Like, beautiful patterns where I'm like, I want this. This is how I want my room to be. And, like, little fucking birdies sitting on the edge of this giant, nice couch. Like, I just bought a couch. It's so expensive. <laughs> I want him to be luxuriating on that couch. The set design was just a little too nice for me. Why did I see that couch and I was like, oh, that like looks like a dirty couch you find on the street. <laughs> <laughs> when I said bought a couch, I got my couch for free off Craigslist. So that's my standard. Oh, okay. <laughs> now, you know. No, but I thought I thought that it looked a little I thought I thought that the Logue place looked like it could use a little spruce it up. No, you didn't love their wallpaper. Yeah. I, mean, I thought it was well, a great place. I would love to live there. I, but love I the live patterns. in a shithole, you know, uh, Helena Bonham <laughs> Carter. Called it lovely, if I remember I correctly. I love Helena Bonham Carter. Called we what lovely? About it yet, Their house. Wait, can I throw? In oh, a... in the movie, the character. I thought you were saying she was what's reflecting. Her, what's on... her name? Well, she's the queen. Mo- I only know her as like queen the queen mom. mom, as in like she's Elizabeth's yeah. mother. That yeah, was her I last don't know title. I have Let's a fact about Helena Bonham Carter. Is it going to be the same one Wait, as your fact? Is it? Wait, but it's. But no. I can say it. I'll say my one. Okay. Yeah, let's Her hear grandmother, Violet Bonham Carter, was a good friend of Winston Churchill. And oh. her great-grandfather was Prime Minister H.H. H. Asquith. Helena Bonham Carter has like... <laughs> it's a true fact. <sighs> keep going, sorry. <laughs> Off of that true fact, she has like so much gravitas like she's so like, it makes, good. It makes so much sense that she like... Like her family... I'm sure knew like everyone. I don't know. No, I just would so believe. Fair. I just would believe anything because she has so much like gravitas and like mystique. She was also filming this at the exact same time as she was filming two different ones of the Harry Potter movies. Two One movie that was it was the seventh book that was split yeah, into two movies. Was, yeah, so she was, so she was doing those two movies. Well, how many Harry they po- did together? Oh, like that was just doing, She was doing Deathly. Yeah. She was yeah. doing Deathly Hallows one and two. Yes, and interesting. But because of that, they all of her filming happened on the weekends. But yes. can you like that what was my that was my cookie. range to be able to like be this like sinister Bellatrix? Is that your Bellatrix impression? No, this was my this oh. was my <laughs> Queen Mom. Dana's uh, doing some miming or something. <laughs> <laughs> she was just like put together, like had it with it, like. So like kind of like tempered. And now and, let's see your Bellatrix. And <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, She's it's perfect. Crazy. Like, <laughs> do you just imagine like spending your weekdays like being so witchy and wild and kooky crazy, and then your weekends <laughs> pulling it all in? Yeah, she is truly a magician. She's <laughs> no, no, she's no, but a really good one though. She okay, is. I'm all for. It. Since you took my cookie, I'll throw in another cookie. <laughs> Colin Firth said that he had a hard time getting rid of sort of speech impediments after. So it is hard to go in and out of roles, but I guess it depends what school you trained in. But um, (laughs) 
I will say <laughs> I read that fact and watching it, I was like, oh my God, this was because so she was filming Harry Potter during the week and then they shot all her scenes on the weekend. So I kept being like, oh my God, do you think this was like a Friday, a Saturday or a Sunday? <laughs> and then the guy who plays uh, Churchill is Wormtail. Mm-hmm. Peter I said Pettigrew. that Ratman. Yes. There's one. I more think there's one more. Harry Potter. Potter. There's one more. Yeah. Um, uh, Michael Dumbledore's uh, the oh, King right. George V. Michael Gambon. <gasps> yes, yes, thank you. He looks shockingly like the real king. Oh, does he? Mm-hmm. The oh, Dumbledore so, one. Well, we don't want to jump ahead to glam up, but that's a pretty glam uh, neutral. I guess. <laughs> Yeah, um, you, but also glam down because the, they portray the father as meaner for more tension. Yeah. So, so. Annette, oh, Annette really? glam down. That's a glam down. But so he wasn't like this. He wasn't like, you must hate your brother. You're going to be king. Like that type of okay. shit. Speaking of you're going to be king, did Logue, that's his last name? Logue is his last name. Okay. Lionel's his first name. Great. Which I was like, oh, that's a fake pen name. But that was his real ass, cool name. ass name. Yeah. yeah, Lionel Logue is a very cool name. Did Lionel Logue, um, mm-hmm. like, encourage Bertie to, like, break out of his shell and be the takeover of the king? Your place may well be on the throne. I'm not an alternative to my brother. You can outshine David. Don't take liberties! That's bordering on treason. I'm just saying you could be king. You could do it. That is treason. I mean, who's to say they did have this close relationship, but, like, Edward was had to abdicate no matter what. Like, he was wanted to marry Wallace. That was that. Also, later in life, you find out he's a Nazi sympathizer. So, no. you know what? Poo-poo away no. with that word. Um, so, he, it's not like... It's not like he you do you like want to be. Another reason to hate Guy Pierce. Yeah, Guy Pierce looks like he would sympathize with Yeah, Nazis. I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> Jesus. Sorry. I do. I hated him when I was younger, but yes, we all hate Guy. Sorry, Pierce. Guy. Better. Wait, but thank you for still listening to the whole episode. <laughs> um, so, yeah. <laughs> so, it, like, I don't know. Maybe, he, yes, he tried to, like, maybe build confidence, but, like, it, there was, it was like, uh, yeah, a push off a cliff situation. Like, there's no other way. Yeah, he's, I, he uh, seems pivotal in the movie. I, 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 I mean, yes, he helped him build confidence by like getting mm-hmm. rid of the stammer. But do I know? Like, was he always around for all these little moments? No, probably but, not. And I'm sure it wasn't like how this movie plays out and why it's like so Oscar bait. It's like the same scene five different times where it's like <laughs> he's like conference like uh-uh no i'll never do it go away and but he's like you're gonna fail and he's like nah and then he like tries and he's like okay come back and then they help and it's just like over and over again like he's mean to him okay like they just nag one another and then it's like okay so i don't think it, it wasn't like that they weren't as f- probably not as tension no i don't think they were as like cat and mousey like <laughs> no you go away wait no you hang up first um but i do think that their friendship and um, the skills that King George gained as king and and in his um, training with Lionel Logue really did give him confidence. Like through their letters, not only does King George express, but the queen expresses. And then Queen Elizabeth, when she becomes queen, when he dies, all express like this extreme gratitude and say that his life wouldn't have been the same without him. So I'm like, Damn, yeah. bitch. Yeah. You actually did do that. That's beautiful. Wow. That's great. Um, all right. Let's I have one. Go, please. I have my bone to pick. <gasps> Dan's bone to pick. Unless it's true, 
In which case, it's not a bone to pick. It's just a very weird thing. Dana's weird bone. (laughs) (laughs) Dana's Um, fine bone. Was the king's last words, you have more more strength than all your brothers combined. Oh, that is strange. Uh, I don't think. It's like another thing. It's like they made him more of, like they made him more antagonistic. The reason that's so weird to me is because like usually like really famous people like that, like sometimes have last words that are like recorded in history books. So it's like weird to take like an actual figure from history and like toss some like pretty heady, (laughs) like not that chill last words. Yeah, I don't think it. I don't, as from what I seem to read, it didn't seem like that So if that is the case, then I'm confirming that is my bone to pick. bone to pick. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's discuss how this movie came to be. We have... All right. England. King George VI is ruling. There's a little boy who also has a stammer. David Siler, the uh, the screen mm. screenwriter of this movie, had a stammer. He realizes the king has a stammer. And if someone with a stammer can excel to that high of a position, he falls in love. <gasps> love isn't like, oh my God, a hero. That boy grows up to realizes he now wants, he becomes like a script person. He wrote to uh, King George, Helen Bottom Carter, uh, the wife, um, being like, hi, I'd like to write a movie about your husband. Obviously much more formal than that because he's talking about the queen mom, talking to the queen mom. Um, and he, she, she responded back being like, yes, you may, but not in my lifetime. It's too sad. And he's like, Okay, like she was already 70, 80 at this point. But that bitch, because those genes are so good, lived to be 102. She did not die until 2002. So yeah, he had to wait until... That's why Queen Elizabeth is so old. Do they live so long? It's that one family has incredible genes that's now being passed from her. Because obviously Birdie died in his 70s, young. Also because he's smoked cigs because his doctors told him to. That's a little true fact. Mm. To like help his vocal cords. Um, yeah, so she lived to be 101. And Queen Elizabeth is now in her 90s. So, and she's and with no so, Yeah, with no... like there's, I saw a tweet today being like, watch this video of Queen Elizabeth II <laughs> uh, riding a horse. Lovely. And I'm like, no, thank you. But okay. But also, like if you spent your whole life Living in a palace surrounded <laughs> yes. by corgis and like tea cakes, you would probably so live to fair, but like there's something in their genes because it's, it truly is wild. Fun fact: Courtney went to a hundredth birthday party this <laughs> year. Oh my god! I did. It was <laughs> actually the most crazy party <laughs> I've ever been to. It was like a super sweet sixteen on like on uppers. It was <laughs> truly fantastic. Who turned a hundred? Um, my grandmother's first cousin, Gertie. Oh, shout out to Gertie. No, Gertie, Gertie. not Bertie. But damn, Gertie. Congrats. So yeah, so that's the movie came to be, and he had to wait like much longer. He was like, yeah, I was planning to do this soon. And she was in her eighties, and then she lived for twenty more years. Mm. When did Bertie die? In the like, well, like think of when Queen Elizabeth II became to the throne, which was in the forties or fifties. It was post. Uh, that is post. psycho. Oh my god! She lived because yeah. Let's put it this way: this century. She's been queen for sixty-two or sixty-three years. So he died sixty-three years ago. Yeah, like fifty-one or fifty-two. There you go. Yikes! Madness. Which is how old Colin Firth is? No, just kidding. Not really. <laughs> He's no. older. He's fifty-eight. Yeah, um, that's I, how we measure things. The queen has been queen for <laughs> one Colin Firth for one point one Colin Firth. <laughs> <laughs> Um, 
I really loved all of the um, like facts about stutters and like how some of them are mm-hmm. left-handed and how mm-hmm. they that was have also true. knees that are bad. That one's not common to stammers, but there yeah. were other facts thrown out that, during that, the movie that I can't remember. Yeah, that, that a lot of people pick it up in early childhood and oh, yeah. the way the ways that people are coached through stammers. That was all pretty. And like the words, the his, another ode to Colin Andrew Firth, his vocal <laughs> coaching, he, the way that he did it while exaggerated, yes, was pretty accurate as far as I hear like the, the letters and like mm-hmm. sentence structures and where pauses came and went. Um, and even from like the journals that I read, he, the way he clipped words was very true to life. Interesting. All right, Ben, let's discuss these Oscars. Why did you hate this movie so much when you were a child? Yeah, Ben. All right, here's my bone to pick. It's my entire segment and job. And the Oscar goes to the King's Speech. Ian Canning, Emile Sherman, and Gareth Unwin producers. The King's Speech has 12 Academy Award nominations this year, winning four Oscars. 2011 was one of the best movie years. Why? In like or 2010. This movie came out in 2010. 2010. The 2011 eligible Oscar films. Hit us with the choices. The best picture nominees were The King's Speech, Black Swan. Great movie. Great movie. The Fighter, Inception. Didn't see it. The Kids Fine. Are All Right. Didn't see 127 it. 127 Hours, The Social Network, Toy Story 3, True Grit, and Winter's Bone. I loved maybe three of those movies. Should we do any of those? (laughs) We're definitely going to do The Social Network because... Mm. Ben likes it more. Not only do I think The Social Network should have won over it, I think the the behind-the-scenes documentary of The Social Network is better than The King's Speech. There is a (laughs) behind-the-knee... There's a behind-the-knees social network documentary. All right, so yes, all those movies came out in 2010 um, and then early 2011. And you think the social network should have won. Yeah, but I also think Toy Story 3 is like... Nah, man, that's not going to happen. Because it's animation. Yeah. It's still a great movie. Yeah, great movie. Not going to happen. Do we... But are you saying for awards or like what you like? Around the table, Toy Story 3 or The King's Beach. Those are two different types of movies. Mm-hmm. You can't compare those. For like an Oscar winner? Or like what what no, like what mood I want to watch on a Sunday afternoon? Toy Story 3, obviously. But if I want like a good like, mm, then that's the King's Speech. If you can understand he what that sounds. He lips <laughs> while he said, mm, if that gives you an idea. I think there's no contest for either of the, for Toy Story 3 or. Toy Story 3 is, yeah, much more original, better movie. Yes. Yeah, but Toy Story 3 also built on two other amazing films. It's like apples and oranges. If the apples were animated and the oranges mm, were Colin Firth. Bam. <laughs> That's my girl. But it's like I watch movies for Helena Bonham Carter and Jeffrey Rush. Yes. Yes. So that's why I love The King's Speech. And I love good dick. I so. actually think maybe I have a really controversial take. Which is like none of those movies really excite me in the traditional way for a best picture I'm a really big fan. What's your favorite movie from like know. around those years? 
Um, I don't know if it was around those years. I guess my, like movies that came in your high I school. I thought that the year, the year that there was like that Birdman one with like Birdman, Whiplash, a bunch of other movies that I didn't see, but I liked <laughs> both of those a lot. Okay. I thought those were better. All right. That's my take. Well, Got it. Hot take. <laughs> in my opinion, a very controversial, controversial <laughs> Oscars. Anyway, just a rundown. It won Best Picture. It yes. won Best Director. Yes, Tom Best Hooper. P- and it's like a very Tom Hooper movie where it's like, like Les Mis is his other big movie and it's like the same thing, like close-up faces, like very pretty aesthetic, Golden like Glo- muted tones. Golden Globes Best Picture and Best Director went to The Social Network. <gasps> oh, and that's um, usually an indicator for the main Debatable. Day. Okay, I didn't study film and I'm getting a feeling <laughs> that everyone else at the table did. Is that true? Have, did everyone here study film? Minor. Communications. It was called something else. <laughs> That's what I thought. Yeah, we did. Um, but David, I don't know. The Social Network to me is yeah. is like one of the best put together movies ever. Having said that, The King's Speech is like also Beautiful. an incredibly put together movie. They both won Best Screenplay because Social Network is adapted yeah. and mm. King's Speech King was original. Was original. Very cool. Mm. Colin Firth deserved best actor. I agree. And I'm so happy for him. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's a... And Guy Pearce wasn't even nominated. (laughs) Bitch. (laughs) Guy. Bye, Guy. Um, Wait, keep listening. (laughs) Guy Pearce. (laughs) Please please don't unsubscribe. Um, But the fact about that he, like, still kind of had a stammer after the movie, like, just shows you how much he had to do for this role. He yeah. pulled a Christian Bale, mm. truly. Yeah. Who won Best Supporting Actor over, over Jeffrey Rush. Aww. Aww. I Can I just say one thing about the Oscars? Yes, please. Um, another point of it being an Oscar vehicle in a very clear way to me was that one line in the middle where he goes, because I have a voice. <laughs> because the other... <laughs> Listen to me! Listen to me! Listen to you by what right? By divine right, if you must. I'm your king. No, you're not. You told me so yourself. You said you didn't want it. Why should I waste my time listening? Because I have a right to be and I have a voice! Yes, you do. That was my really good impression of Colin. That was really good. Um, But so he had that line, which to me was iconic. Um, And Natalie Portman won for Black Swan. And she also had a shouty line where the mom is like, where's my sweet little girl? And she's like, she's gone. (laughs) Those to me are lines that I quote in my daily conversations (gasps) more than I should. And nobody understands that. Here's another one. I would have never gone that reference. Gladiator. Are you not entertained? (laughs) (laughs) Not from 2011, but we appreciate it. But a little based on a true story. So good (laughs) reference by Despicable Me. (laughs) I just feel like I always go to, um, I'm going to let you finish. Kanye? Yeah, when Taylor Swift won over all mm-hmm. the single ladies like was this, this your was, you I'm wanted you to but? run up while no, tom no, hooper no. is accepting the option be like <laughs> i'm gonna let you finish the but. way the way that kanye explains that and like we're way past kanye in 20 i was gonna say are we sympathizing right now <laughs> no, no no but we sympathized with that version of kanye Fair enough. was like no one is going to remember that Taylor Swift music video, but All the Single Ladies is like one of the greatest music videos of all time. 
I don't think social do you feel network that way is about the that social network. I, Maybe for I you. I think it's more yeah. culturally important than the King's speech, especially yeah, to America. Yeah. And yeah, a yeah, huge yeah. knock on the Oscars is that like they don't pay any attention to like bigger movies. Like how they created a whole new category for that Black they Panther quickly this got year. rid of. Yeah. Oh, it's gone. Yeah. What the, was the they originally were going to add most popular movie, like just so like showing that like the Black Panther is not going to be nominated for Best Picture, but it should win an Oscar. And then they got rid of it because people are like, "This is stupid." Did they do it? No, no, no. that was going to be for this upcoming oh, okay. year, which hasn't happened. Which yet. has not happened. Toy Story three and Inception also way uh, more culturally relevant. Yes, Re- sorry, relevant. that I would say. I would say while it's not um, as culturally relevant, I do think it's a beautiful movie. I think that yeah. it's so arbitrary and subjective that it's like, it doesn't really matter. But um, I think that this movie, The King's Speech, would probably not win Best Picture today. Th- Fair enough. Anyways, <laughs> King's Speech, the glam up, the glam down. Um, for the most part, you have a couple of glam downs because people were antig- antagonized, antagonized. Though Guy Pierce might be technically a glam up because he was not portrayed as a Nazi sympathizer in that in this movie, which he was in real life. Granted, World War Two starts at the very end of the movie, but still didn't give really him but an opportunity. Can you be a glam no, up if you're portrayed did. by Guy Pierce? Please keep listening. Of course, no, it's no, a glam but down. They did make it very. I I disagree. I think they kind of hinted at the Nazi sympathizerness yeah. because they kept saying things like. Like, I don't think he would, like, have a strong enough stand. He yes, said something little, about, like, yeah. Herr Hitler, like, doing whatever. Like, he was not not a Nazi sympathizer. Fair enough. Also, some of the um, hatred of Wallace Simpson was not only because of her divorcee American status. She also had them deep Nazi sympathizer roots. Oh, bye, Wallace Simpson. <sighs> bye, bitch. Thank you, Meghan Markle, for so breaking my So she got a glam up yeah. also. <laughs> and then uh, Prince Birdie, glam up. I'll yeah, remember him as Colin. He was Perth. rather handsome in real life. He was not an ugly man. I don't, I don't know. He was such a. He was had such anger issues. I yeah, like, I think that was. I is that think, real? But he was so funny. Uh, maybe like pushed a little. Yeah, he had a good sense know. of humor about his anger. Yeah, I, I don't know. All right, equal. A Sometimes lot of people are he was so pissy. I was like, relax, get over it, dude. Yeah, he was very stubborn. What are you so afraid of? Your poisonous words. Why did you come to me? You're not some middle-class banker who wants elocution lessons so you can chit-chat. Oh, don't attempt to on, instruct baby. me on my duties. I am the son of a king. The brother of a king. You're the disappointing son of a blood. Jumped up jackaroo from the outback. You're nobody. These sessions are over. I'm going to say glam up because it's Colin Firth. <laughs> ah, but I, I do truly think that he was portrayed quite nicely i think he maybe not i don't think they would have added in the weird anger things if he it wasn't born in some truth mm-hmm. necessarily um but i also think that i think it was pretty accurate like he came across as like reluctant and sad and probably mm-hmm. really lonely as a child and then you know had this great moment at the end and like if you Get, look like him and then Colin Firth plays you and they don't make him Colin Firth uglier like it's probably <laughs> a glam up true <laughs> do you guys want to know who else he could have been played by yes so Ooh. there are two it was originally intended to be somebody named Paul Bettany do you guys know who that is no because I don't I looked him up <laughs> um, <laughs> he's an English actor he's most known for some 
I don't know, fucking action Marvel movie thing. Um, but not based on a true story. But he's just like a very standard British mm. guy. Do you guys want to hear number two? Yes, please. Hold your hats. They're held. Hugh Grant. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. <laughs> I feel like him and uh, Colin Firth yeah. get uh, confused. <laughs> cast in a lot of the same types of roles. Yes. Or just the same movies <laughs> yeah. over yeah. and over again. It's kind of like the Harry yeah. Potter crew. Yeah. yeah. Well, Harry Potter's like all the best British actors. Like that's what like a lot of people like. If you weren't in the Harry Potter movies, there's something like if yeah. you somehow didn't make it in all eight and now even more, let's like add the Grindelwald, ser- the Fantastic Beast series to it. It's like embarrassing. I think Hugh Grant would have been a bad choice. They both refused the offer. So we'll never know. Hugh Grant's too what? cocky to me. <laughs> Do we know if they're oh, friends okay. after all these movies together? Acquaintances at best, at worst, yes. <laughs> Acquaintances at worst, friends. Like, at are you best. basing yes. this off of anything? Or no. no, they just they're so... they work together. They gotta, but yeah. they're usually rivals. Yeah, unpopular opinion. Hugh Grant seems like a dick. Mm. I think I it's because he had some like, like media stories about being sketchy. But um, don't quote me on that. <laughs> Sorry, Hugh Grant. If you're also <laughs> listening, if you're listening, I actually am cool with you. Yeah. <laughs> Dana, did you cry during this movie? I didn't. What? No, I didn't. Uh, Courtney was with me the whole time. Not one cheer was shed. Did you no, cry? No. Did you cry? No. Did when, I where feel? would you cry? I think it's like when Birdie, when he shouts, when he's like, I do have a voice. Oh, that was worse. <laughs> it's like, it's like overwhelmed. I think, I think we were, me and Courtney were like anticipating that moment so much that it like lost some of its So feeling. it's like too baity to cry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wait a second. Did... Lionel Lowe get a glam up. Got a glam up, and yes, the character is probably more interesting than the human. Uh, looks wise, I don't like. I saw a picture. He, he was a looker. No, I think he Logue was kind of cute. Wow. He was a little was shorter, but Jeffrey Rush. Jeffrey Rush, he's got a schnoz. He's not like <laughs> whoa, whoa, oh, excuse me. Unless when he's like speaks, then I'm a little like that with Jeffrey oh, Rush. But Lionel Logue was a total honey. Yeah, he really was. That's yeah, crazy. He's a little better. Good for he him. Was, yeah. I think that's probably why the king was like. And then um, Queen Mum. Uh, Helena Bonham Carter. Always a glam up. Yeah. <laughs> Agreed. Like she's not, other than like later in life, she's known for just living forever. Um, so no one cried. No, I cried more at Toy Story 3. So I'll give <sighs> Toy Story 3 that one. Mm-hmm. Every time. <laughs> if you're not crying every time at Toy Story 3. You probably did. to their friendship yeah friendship lady go i just wanted to read like a couple lines from their exchanges did reading these letters make you tear up Hmm. if you were in a more emotional state obviously reading sometimes isn't gonna be like (laughs) it didn't make me tear up but it did make me feel like warm and fuzzy (laughs) all right fair enough a little more than the movie um they were really lovely friends and the way that they spoke to each other just communicated this Mutual respect that I think that they exaggerated in the movie a little bit. One of the first excerpts that Lionel Logue said was, he is such a good chap and I do want him to be a marvelous king. He's a chap. Chap is so cute. And then um, he was at his coronation in the king's box, but like all the way up. 
But he said that he drank a whiskey soda on an empty stomach and then got really like nervous and fluttery at the end. Lionel Logue oh when he was God. like saying goodnight to the king, which is also very cute. They were all very awe moments. Um, Bertie, come here. You all right, Logue? Yes. What is it? I haven't told her about us. I'm told your husband calls my husband Bertie. And my husband calls your husband Lionel. No, we can't stay here all day. Yes, we can. Wait, did they? No. (laughs) (laughs) No, they both really, really loved their wives. And like, uh, actually, Lionel You never know with these old historian folks. Brokeback Palace? No. (laughs) Oh my God, wait, this is a cute moment. Sorry, I'm reading through my highlighted notes. (laughs) When he did his first Christmas... So Lionel Logue would go to um, meet him for the Christmas broadcast every year because that was like an annual tradition. And one year, uh, King George said to Lionel, I think I got this one. I think I'm going to do it by myself. I think it's time you had Christmas dinner with your family. And Lionel Logue said to the Queen... You know, ma'am, I feel like a father who is sending his boy to his first public school. And she said to him, I know just how you feel. <laughs> like, why wasn't that in the movie? Dana, have you cried yet? No. Oh. <laughs> Still too baby. I lost my feeling. <laughs> um, my last, like, awe friendship moment will be, um, this was a letter very near to George's death. Mm. Um, he had lung cancer, and he actually had, like, a whole lung removed. So this was right after he had that operation. And he wrote to Lionel, I seem to be making a remarkable recovery. Spoiler alert, you don't. I'm sorry. But um, he wrote, uh, I think that is actually due to you. And the doctor said, the surgeon said, asked King George to breathe. And when he saw the way that King George breathed, he said, have you always breathed that way? And King George said, no, I've actually been taught to breathe like this in 1926 when he started working with Logue. And had gone on doing so and wrote to Lionel Logue, another feather in your cap, you see, hoping to hear you will be soon better. I am yours very sincerely, George R. And that was his last letter to Lionel. Another feather in your cap. Like, if that isn't fucking friendship, I don't know what is. Mm -mm. Friendship goals one would say <laughs> Dana if you also, don't start writing letters to me soon I know, I'm like we're done. I gotta get my pen out my feather quill <laughs> and so I can write Courtney little letters that's crazy and also like yes to like male friendship where you feel comfortable signing off on a letter or like tr- yours like fucking mm-hmm. yes like everyone now is like see you bro <laughs> Love you, <laughs> you know, but what they but what they mean is I'm yours. Don't write L U V to your loved ones, right? L O V E. Mm-hmm. Oh, deep message. The what historians hated most about this was <gasps> what I'm really showing why, like, it was mostly true. Is that every article was like Winston Churchill would uh, was for the like not for the abdication. He didn't want him to go. Like he was against it. And it's like. Relax. No one cares yeah, that. That's like, so boring. Oh, I'm asleep listening like, to that. Yeah, it's like they showed that Winston wanted it, like Edward to advocate when he really didn't, and he was very adamant against it. And we're like, yeah. 
okay, go see a Winston Churchill movie. Yeah, this is King George's time to shine. They've also made like Ugh. seven of those movies since 2011. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why like going through all these artists, I'm like, oh, we, this movie true. We can say this because we've all been historians on this podcast, but historians are big old nerds and they need to get over it. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. Also, this Churchill, not my Churchill. John Lithgow's my Churchill. Mm. From The Crown. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Does everyone who portrays Churchill have like the meanest stank face? Or is that just Peter Pettigrew's face? I think it's his face. I think that's, that's his, his regular one. He has resting rat face. face. <laughs> <laughs> but like what a nice, beautiful Harry Potter Wait. connection that like Sirius Black and Peter Pettigrew have both played Winston Churchill. True. Wow. Courtney... But Apolo- one was naturally fat and the other one wore he a fat is, suit. He is, in fact, listening. Oh, my God. Fuck. <laughs> Wait. Um, it's not your fault that your face looks that way. <laughs> I get it all the time. Don't worry. Keep listening. Subscribe and review. Wink, wink. Our three British listeners are going to be like, glip, glip. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let us close this out with a beautiful tongue twister. <laughs> Ready? I'm a thistle sifter. I have a sift of sifted thistles and unsifted unsifted thistles because I'm a thistle sifter. Lionel does it briefly. When yeah, he I, remember, it. I remember. I'm so just, ready? So do I try it? Can you we... gotta do it quick. Okay. Here, you can read it. I'm not gonna get it if okay. I don't read it. I'm a thistle sifter. I have a sift of sifted thistles and unsifted thistles now because I'm a sifthle but... <laughs> Oh, that was I got too much. so close. I'm a thit. <laughs> nope. Nope. Ooh, no. no. I'm a thistle sifter. Wait, before I do this, can I still be invited back if I get this wrong? Yes. Okay, thank you. This is not how we choose to <laughs> who lives, who dies. Who tells your story? Wait, but can I just read the line after, which says "flabby tummy"? <laughs> <laughs> Those and, are my notes. Okay, everybody. And a montage, baby. <laughs> All right. I'm a thistle sifter. I have a sift of sifted thistles and unsifted thistles because I'm a thistle. Oh, oh, so, so close. close. That's why I, I got really caught try. too. Ready? Oh, oh, you get to try twice. Oh, I didn't try the one. I was just reading it the first time. Yeah, the guy who practiced all night. <laughs> I did it. I'm telling you, I'm not even going to make it past the second sentence. I'm a thistle sifter. I have a sift of sifted thistles and unsifted thistles. Oh, see? see yeah. I up. All right, team. Good stuff. Um, I would like yeah I would just like my last line on this podcast to be my favorite tongue twister from the movie Mm, thank you uh, which was during the montage and if you don't fucking believe me go back and check because it really was (laughs) ding dong bell pussies in the well (laughs) (laughs) and thank you mic drop (laughs) the theme music for this episode was made by Danny Kelleher the podcast artwork was done by Carolyn Morrison. We are produced by Jacob Greenberg and Sam Kahn. And a special thanks to Donald Whalen. If you enjoy Loosely Based, remember to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. It really helps. If you would like to advertise anything at all, suggest a movie or just say hey, message one of the hosts or send an email to looselybasedpod at gmail.com. We'll be back next time talking about the social network. Thanks for listening and see you then. <laughs> <laughs>